Hello and welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4 episode 19 of this daily study podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials in Genesis chapters 3 to 4 and Moses 4 to 5. Uh, this is, of course, in the week of January the, from the 10th to January the 16th. And we're going to uh, continue on into the second uh, chapter that we wanted to study this week, mainly looking at the Moses 5 account, simply because uh, the Genesis 4, um, it doesn't begin with a very important um, point, which I think is important to help us understand the context of the story of Cain and Abel. Uh, but also, uh, we just don't get the same level of detail in the Cain and Abel experience uh, in Genesis chapter 4. And there's some very important things, which I'll list later when we get to that point, whether it's later in this episode or tomorrow's episode, which help us understand, you know, what a bit more about what's going on here. Now, in Moses chapter 5, verse 4 to uh, five, four, 4 and 5, verses 4 and 5, it talks about how the Lord teaches them that they should offer the first things of their flocks for an offering to the Lord and that they were obedient. Notice that in verse four, it says Adam and Eve, his wife, called upon the Lord and they heard the voice of the Lord. So they were working together as a as a team, as a unit, as a married union. Uh, and in verse uh, five, uh, the Lord tells them they should uh, sacrifice their first things of their flocks. Why does it have to be the first things of the flock? Well, we know symbolically uh, that that relates uh, and links with our saviour Jesus Christ, who was the the only begotten, the firstborn of, of God, uh, in that sense, uh, the oldest spirit child, if you will. Uh, but also, um, it also indicates a sense of sacrifice as well. Um, Elder Lynn G. Robin, Robbins said, quote, The natural man has a tendency to think only of himself, not only to place himself first, but rarely, if ever, to place anyone else second, including God. For the natural man, sacrifice does not come naturally. He has an insatiable appetite for more. His so-called needs seem to always outpace his income, so that having enough is forever out of reach, just as it was for the miser Scrooge. Because the natural man tends to hoard or consume everything, the Lord wisely commanded ancient Israel to sacrifice not the last or the poorest of the flock, but the firstlings, not the leftovers of the field, but the first fruits. Genuine sacrifice has been a hallmark of the faithful from the beginning. Close quote. It is meant to be a sacrifice, something that is challenging to do for us. Uh, and sacrifice um, of our time, of our talents, of our, you know, our possessions uh, is an important thing to help us become more reliant and more focused on our saviour. Um, and then, of course, we have this account where the angel appears to Adam uh, and asks him why he's offering sacrifices. And he basically replies and says, I'm doing it to be um, because the Lord commanded me. Uh, and this is an important principle for us, that obedience is important, but we will come to understand and learn why we are being obedient or needing to be obedient to these commandments. But it's then at this point um, that we learn in Moses 5 verse 10 um, that he that they started to have children. And actually verses 10 and 11 give us the... Um, the well-known uh, phrase about how Adam and Eve began to understand what the fall meant uh, for mankind. And I do want to focus a little bit on this. Adam says, um, Blessed be the name of God, for, the, for because of my transgression my eyes are opened, and in this life I shall have joy, and again in the flesh I shall see God. So notice that Adam recognises the blessings that come in this life, as he is faithful and obedient to uh, the promises that he has made. But also he recognises the blessings that come in the eternities as well. 
But notice that he is often talking about me, or well, my and I, uh, whereas Eve says, were it not for our transgression, we never should have had seed, and never should have known good and evil, and the joy of our redemption, and the eternal life which God giveth unto all the obedience. Um, this teaches us a very important thing from what Eve said about how it's necessary that we are able to have the the feeling, the emotion, the experience of being fallen or or being not quite what our Heavenly Father wants us to be, and then being redeemed and being empowered and enabled, that, that grace being that enabling power of our Saviour uh, to help us become such. It reminds me of a quote from C.S. Lewis, uh, who said, quote, Redeemed humanity is to be something more glorious than unfallen humanity would have been, more glorious than any unfallen race now is, close quote. I mean, I think that is just um, insightful uh, from C.S. Lewis there, that if we were, say we could be born into the Garden of Eden and lived, you know, innocent uh, with, our, with, with bodies, uh, but, you know, not able to die and so on um, in the Garden of Eden, then we would not have become what we can become now that we are fallen and we rely on the atonement of our Saviour Jesus Christ to strengthen and edify and uplift and change us. Uh, so I think that was um, that's really, really important. So uh, moving on, uh, we know that um, in verses 10 to 13, we actually get a bit of a prologue before the story of Cain and Abel. And we learn that Cain and Abel were not the first two children born to Adam and Eve, which if we were to read the Bible, uh, we would... Um, we would perhaps infer from reading the Bible account of Genesis, where in Genesis 4, it goes straight into Adam and Eve uh, bearing Cain uh, and then Abel. Uh, and so in verses, but uh, in verse 13 of Moses chapter 5, we read, And Satan came among them, saying, I am also a son of God. And he commanded them, saying, Believe it not. And they believed it not. And they loved Satan more than God. And men began from that time forth to be carnal, sensual, and devilish. So, Again, we see the tactics of Satan here. I am also a son of God, and he commanded him, saying, believe it not. Um, it's so fascinating to see, you know, from these um, accounts and experiences which have been lost to the Bible. And of course, Satan would not want these um, things in there because they, they clearly and plainly show us what he's trying to do. He is again telling a, a truth with a lie. He says, I am also a son of God. Well, Technically, you know, spiritually, he, he is a spirit child of our Heavenly Father, just like we all are. But, um, of course, he then gives them um, the, the lie or the, the temptation to, to turn away uh, from God. Uh, and, of course, that is what um, happens with Cain. So let's go into this story of Cain and Abel. Uh, we're not going to get through all of it uh, in the remainder of this episode, but let's kind of set the scene and then go into the rest tomorrow. So we know uh, that... Cain and Abel were born to Adam and Eve. Uh, but in verse 18, um, well, in verse 17, it says, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in verse 18, it says, And Cain loved Satan more than God, and Satan commanded him, saying, Make an offering unto the Lord. Now, firstly, uh, I want to point out here that what Satan is asking Cain to do is not a bad thing. Um, but it's the verses before which is the issue. The fact that Satan loves, that, not Satan, that Cain loves Satan more than God is the issue here. Um, and the fact that he's making an offering to the Lord because Satan told him to 
this is the issue that we have. Um, the challenge, I think, that we have from just having the Genesis account is that we have here no kind of mention of an interaction between Cain and Satan, that Cain, um, well, he makes this offering of the first food to the ground, and that's it. That's all we have about it before we have this rejection of his offering from the Lord. And so this can kind of put that a bit of a misunderstanding here and a question of, well, why has the Lord rejected his offering? Um, you know, in verse three, uh, he gave an offering of the ground. Um, and I suppose we could look and say, well, it doesn't say it's the first fruit. So maybe he's not sacrificing all that he's been asked to. Uh, but actually, it's this idea as well here that we have with the added insight from the um, Genesis, from the Moses account, that it's because Cain loves Satan more than God. He's making this offering because Satan told him to. And then interestingly, in verse 19, it says, and in process of time, it came to pass that Cain, that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering to the Lord. So not only that, you know, he did it straight away, but he did it whenever he was ready to. Uh, and I think that this is why we have this understanding. And then in verse 20, Abel offers the first things of the flock and he does it for the Lord, not because Satan's told him to. And then in verse 21, of course, the Lord does not have respect for the offering that Cain has given. In verse 21 of Moses 5, it says, Now Satan knew this, and it pleased him, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And we'll pause it there, and we'll go into what happens next, uh, and the kind of the impact of this on the, not just between Cain and Abel, but obviously their entire family as well. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study, uh, and I look forward to concluding this week with you tomorrow. Until we meet again. <laughs>